She has great things I bought, but there were some questionable things she bought, I would say, in high school. Can I speak to this, Courtney? Oh, take the floor. You're listening to Pop Apologist, and today we have our sis Courtney on the pod to discuss our worst fashion moments from our adolescence, how Courtney is emotionally coping with J. Crew's bankruptcy filing, Mother's Day trends on the good old IG, and the many ways our mother tried to scare us as children in the name of our safety. Buckle in, baby. Well, well, well. Episode six. We made it past five. We're on our way to 10. And this one is different. It's more special. We've got our sister. Courtney, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I am the lazy picketer from last week's episode. And I told my sisters that I deserved a chance to clear my name and to reintroduce myself on this fantastic podcast that I love so much. I listen to it every single week in my kitchen. I should lock the bedroom door on my kids, just really dive in head first. And it's kind of like we're all hanging out together, which is my favorite thing to do anyway. Aw, sis. I mean, she's really a woman who needs no introduction. I mean, Am you I right? say that, Lauren, but I do think we've had our a few rows this quarantine period. Both of our emotions have been heightened. Yeah. I'm just glad we're speaking to each other right now. Lauren and I just got into a row right before this started, literally 45 seconds ago. People are always like, what's it like having a family with like basically all girls? Like, is it dramatic? I'm like, no, you wouldn't believe it. Like we all get along perfectly. We're best friends. Yeah, we're best friends. And then there's moments where it's just like, you know what? If that bitch calls one more. (laughs) It's a minefield, as Lauren said moments ago. It really is a minefield, and especially I feel like in this environment where the world is turned upside down, your own emotions are just completely heightened in every way. You take five women that all have health anxiety, throw in a pandemic, and stuff's going to go down. Things are going to be said. It's going to be a brawl. But we're happy to be here. Yes, we are. I am, at least. Thrilled to have you here, sis. Speaking of health issues and health anxieties, I just want to talk a little bit to how we're all doing during this time, or at least how you're doing, Courtney, during this time of the pandemic, because I think everyone who's been listening knows what Chandler and I have been uh, dealing with. But Courtney, we'd love to hear how you're doing during the pandemic. That's so nice of you to ask. I'm not well. I'm just going to throw it out there. I have not been well. I am healthy and at home and all of the essentials are there for me. This has not been an enjoyable experience for me. I am a little bit shorter than I usually am. And I think that this has been the lowest point of my life. I have six-month-old twins that we're trying to like take care of. I'm trying to like run my side project Instagram. So, I mean, it's been a lot of me bossing Wyatt around and just telling him what to do and a little bit of him not liking that. Courtney, will your marriage survive this quarantine? That's what I think the listeners really want to know. You know what's funny is you guys know this. Like, Wyatt and I have basically spent 24 hours a day together for, like, at this point going on 13 years. And truly there were some moments where I could tell that this was, like, the first time we've, like, truly hated each other was through this experience because he would like ask me if he could go play pickleball with some of his friends and I before you knew it within like 60 seconds I would be crying saying like do you care if I live or die like why are you being more sensitive to my feelings on this a hundred percent no 
I had the same argument with Kagan over something really in- – well, it seemed like innocuous that he wanted to do. But I'm just like, yeah, you actually don't care if you contract this virus and leave me, like, widowed before I'm even married to you. Like, <laughs> excuse me. Like, so sensitive. You know, I've had the exact same argument with the plants in my room. <laughs> Just like, how could you even think of leaving during this time and bringing the virus back to our one bedroom that we share together? Chandler, that's an interesting point because my dear friend Kelsey, who moved back from New York to live with her parents, and she's also single, she thought it was basically the most annoying thing on the internet to have everybody start posting pictures of like the first time they met their significant other. And she took particular offense to that too and thought like, it's now really the time to be rubbing it in everyone's face that you're not spending quarantine alone. We're literally... all isolated we're gonna make you know the single people feel even more isolated yeah I'm right there with you Kel I just I don't want to I don't want to be a part of your I don't want to be a part of your push-up challenge I don't want to post a picture of myself in my graduating class I don't want to post a pic when I first met my significant other it's all so cringy and stupid well I think people are looking for something to do and I think we can take the Mother's Day trend to like post pictures of your mom back when she was super hot. Your hot mom. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Okay, so let's intro it. I think there is a trend on Instagram where when people post on Mother's Day, and now we've been on Instagram for a decade. So we've seen it, people. We've seen the five photos that you're recycling every year to post for your mother on Instagram. And it's always in her prime. And it's always some photo where she looks super hot. And what are the thoughts of the pop apologists? I think it's really overplayed. I mean, Mother's Day is excruciating on Instagram for me, even though I love my mother and I have a great relationship with her. I don't even want to log on. Wow. Well, I've actually been setting aside specific pictures for my kids to use. So (laughs) I think I have a slightly separate opinion on this. Like if I take a picture and it looks really good, I'm just gonna be like, please use that one, kids. That That one's a go for Mother's Day 2040. Like in addition to setting up a college fund, it's like, here's a Google Drive folder of acceptable postable pictures of me. Please don't use these ones. Mm -hmm. I actually have a friend whose mom took their most attractive family picture before she was born. And so that's the one their mom like constantly is like putting up and like showing up her family because she thinks she looks the best in that picture. And I'll be honest, I respect it. Okay. I love it. That's a mood. I mean, I, I definitely have an adjacent strategy that I'm working on, which is I've basically already been drafting a text in my mind to send right before my birthday to everyone in this family to say, please don't post anything. Because you know what? Honestly, you know what can ruin a birthday? When someone posts an unflattering photo of you. And I just don't want the anxiety. That could strike at any moment. I mean, how many times have you heard mom say, I think you look gorgeous in that picture. (laughs) And it's truly like the worst picture you've ever taken in your whole entire life. I think it is very interesting to me when a guy posts a picture of his partner or girlfriend or whatever And I typically think that those pictures are the pictures that women do not think they look the best in. For whatever reason, a guy chooses that picture is not your most flattering, but somehow like a guy thinks it's the hottest of you. And that's always just shocked me because whenever I look at like, you know, a guy's Instagram and he posts pictures of his wife, I'm like, did she approve this? Does she actually think she looks good in this picture? Because I don't. But then, the, you know, the guy spent time being like, oh, yeah, this is the hottest picture of this chick. Wait, significant others post pictures of their, <laughs> of like their wife and girlfriends online? White Grow does wow. not, but people do. True story. When I felt more sensitive about this, there were tears shed about six years ago of just why you never post pictures of me online. Oh, I think I came over to your house mid-fight. You know, I think we all have like struggled with how much important social media should have and there were dark moments for us but I saw a meme recently 
that said, I want to marry a guy who posts a picture of himself once every six months on social media. And I couldn't have agreed more. Yeah. Or even less. Or never post a pic of himself or even less. Totally. This is kind of a sidebar, but I just remember when I was into the like Utah hiking and climbing scene, I would go on these hikes and climbs with these guys who were, you know, their image was so rugged, just so didn't care about their ego whatsoever. And then we would be out like, you know, by like a cliff or by, you know, in some picturesque scene and they'd be doing something climbery, like, I don't know, doing something with a rope. And I'd be like, oh, do you want a picture? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then they would do like the same thing over and over and over again so I could get like a candid pic. And I didn't even have to ask. It's like they were already professionals at like doing Instagram ready pictures. And then what was so funny is they would like ask to see it just like a girl, just like a girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then they would ask for a redo. And then when we got back from the hike, it would be like they'd be frothing at the mouth for the pictures. Like, did you upload those pictures from your DSLR? Can you send them to me? Like, (laughs) can I get that link to the some the photo bucket account <laughs> you are exposing yourself Lauren a little bit that you had a DSLR on a climb so I'm just, <laughs> just gonna point that out but yeah I know exactly what you're saying I mean that was a full that is still a subculture of Instagram it's like DSLR on climb and hiking and climbing oh definitely absolutely but absolutely to return to my theory for a second do you guys agree yeah. with this do you feel like this is a phenomenon that you've witnessed or is this just all in my head that men don't post flattering pictures of their wives? Well, in their mind, they are flattering. The pictures that they post are flattering. But women would never choose that picture of themselves. I mean, I would never let Wyatt choose a picture on his own to post of me, so I really can't comment on this. Fair enough. True story. Kagan basically forgot it was our two-year anniversary, and we didn't exchange any gifts or anything, And which is totally fine. I don't think you need to do gifts for an anniversary. But he spent like a full hour curating a very thoughtful and sweet Instagram post. And that resolved the whole thing for me. I really didn't care. It was during the pandemic and it was just kind of snuck up on us. But it was funny, like him posting actually, you know, dissolved any tension that could have even arisen. So it's pretty embarrassing how much IG, you know, love means water gals. It matters. Yeah. Whether it's a good picture or not, it matters. It, It... Yeah, honestly, four kids in, it matters less to me than ever, but only because the the amount of pictures I have of me that are attractive are dwindling. So, <laughs> is that the only reason? Is that the only reason why it matters less? No, like, I actually think like you're just like, like, like when you're first, when you're first in like your relationship phase or channeling like in a new relationship phase, it's like, okay, like prove to me you love me, show the world our love. And at my point in time, it is like, you are stuck. I don't care if the world knows. I don't care if you care. I'd like to see what other options you have. Even if you don't post about me on Instagram, this is the best you've got. It's like good luck getting out of this situation. Good luck, especially with like two, like essentially brand new babies. Like I would love to see like Wyatt even compose a half interesting text to a girl that isn't like, do we have formula or like, is this pee or water on the ground? Totally. That's genuinely like. That's the challenge, Wyatt. Let's That's the it. challenge. It's figuring out what liquid has made this surface wet. That's like <laughs> as that's as interesting as our marriage gets most days. 
And that really is insightful because that's really what it is about when you're first dating someone. It's like, how legitimate is this relationship? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to be IG public with this? Are you proud of me? Like how, what's your level of commitment? It's like the modern day, like how much, you know, fish are you going to bring me from the river? And you basically already got the fish. And so you don't need to worry about it. Do you guys want to know like the true signs of commitment, like in an actual marriage? Yes. It's like, how much, how much shit can I leave on the couch once I'm already in bed and ask you or like command you to go get for me once I'm already in bed? She's like, oh shoot. I left my chat stick out there. Can you go get it? She's like, Ooh, a few cubes of ice in this water would really be delicious or hydrating. This is, is this like when truly... you're actually like, or are you both already in bed or is he walking around? He's still like awake. He's like flipping the covers back on his side. Like he, okay. But he's, mobile. he's upright about. at least. I mean, I'm not above doing it once he's already in bed. And then <laughs> I have... that's truly how you like know how man, like that's how you test like his level of just like adoration. Devotion. Is, yeah. yeah. Is he in it for the long haul? Yes or no? He is in it for the long haul. I think we're both pretty fried. The pandemic has just taken. Well, I feel, I feel like with the pandemic, it's bringing out a lot of some of the health neuroses that I think Courtney and I especially have. You and I both go straight to worst case scenarios. I would say that you let them overwhelm you more than I do. Like, like you have more, you have you have more constant anxiety than I do, but I will definitely get really freaked out for like a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of feel like our our mutual health anxieties, and Chandler does share some of this. I definitely I think would like it, to jump in here and say that I do share all of these. And maybe just oh, you in, think you do? Yes. Not I that def- you think you do, but oh, you do, because you're not as vocal about them, I think. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think perhaps for me it's less health and just more it's fatalistic anxiety that someone around me is going to suddenly pass away at all times. But anyways, that's like, that's how my particular version manifests itself in a cute, fun way. I was walking through the grocery store the other day and I was thinking about this anxiety that we all feel. And I think it was born from the way mom and not trying to blame our mother for things at all, because I think she was totally just trying to protect us. But mom was kind of dramatic about worst case scenario outcomes in order to protect us from bad situations. Like I remember if we wanted to get a bowl of, she never wanted us to get anything hot from the microwave. Uh And instead of saying, oh, you could burn your hands. She would say, the the soup could spill in your face and burn your face off. It was just like extreme, extreme, it was always like a very extreme tale outcome to, you know, to disincentivize us from said behavior she wanted to discourage. One thing I and remember I is, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I didn't actually ever get the burn your face off from the microwave. I got weekend before I went to Coachella. Someone's going to throw acid in your face. Ooh. Oh yeah. That would not have been good. Tragic. Well, I remember there was one time mom, I think she saw it on a late night infomercial, but she saw these pens. Do you guys remember this? It was like a pen-like device that you could Velcro to your windows in your car. And I remember she tell, she was telling me this about this and I was probably eight. She's like, oh, yeah, so, so you that could, way car- So you could, if you, your car fell in the water? <laughs> yeah. If your car was yeah. submerged in water, you could punch through the windows with this pen-like device and I'll swim up to the surface. 
No, on my life, swear on my life, I do not think I've gone over a bridge without thinking about that pen. <laughs> that pen, like somehow, well, this is the thing. She told us about this scenario and how great these pens would be in case we were ever, like our car ever, you know, she drove us into the ocean accidentally, <laughs> but then she never got the pens. So well, here's what what's up say? with that? You guys, currently the uh, cell phone charger in my car has a seatbelt cutter in it. And this is from mom. Oh she gave it to me this when I moved dark. to LA. This and is a seatbelt cutter just in case I needed to, you know, free myself from my car. Perhaps it's in a body of water. Perhaps it's on fire. I'm not sure. Well, why isn't the seatbelt button working? I don't know, but you need to cut it with a blade. And so I've got a blade on my cell phone charger. <laughs> I remember when mom put, mom put, um, ladders in all of our rooms yes so that if there's a fire yes. we could attach them to our windows and, and climb down from the second story I mean it honestly is a good practical idea but we never did like a drill so I guess it's like really if our if the half the house was engulfed in flames it's just like well good luck hopefully think- those things are pretty user-friendly <laughs> I think I have the wherewithal six-year-olds yeah I don't have the wherewithal totally. to, to throw a ladder outside my window and then to even have the courage to step down from it. Like, I'm a pretty frightful person. I don't even Chandler. like to get too close to a window in a you high are, building. Chandler, you were definitely, like, the sister, like, you know, in, like, the Elizabeth Smart case. Where, like, you were definitely, oh. like, the sister would have just laid under the covers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and been, like, I mean, way too afraid to go tell mom and dad. As if 100%. That's probably yeah. me. And, Courtney, you have every right to say that. Given the fact that I would creep into Lauren's bedroom every night as a child because I knew that if an intruder came into our house, Lauren would protect me from said intruder. What this actually ended up doing was creating a big divide between Lauren and I as children because she hated the fact that I slept in her bed every night and she would sleep naked to try and deter me from getting into her bed. It didn't. All I did was make myself a little partition out of our comforter and we were good to go. Wow. Well, that reminds me of my other favorite story of Lauren being naked, which is my parents decided they would pay us all $100. We got a treadmill. Sorry, let me back up. We got a treadmill for Christmas one year, and my parents said they would give $100 to whoever like would run a mile on the treadmill. Like Very low expectations. None of us are very athletic, but Lauren was probably eight at the time. And she, we came home one afternoon to her running butt naked on the treadmill to complete her mile with socks and shoes, socks and (laughs) shoes, no clothes, eight years old, just told us all she didn't have any workout clothes. Honestly, I can literally picture her body. I mean, I, it was prepubescent. Okay. So I would say I was, I was still like Eve in the garden, um, (laughs) That's what, that's the level of purity and naivete I I had at that moment in time. But I will say that I was comfortable with a level of nudity for a very long time that it really surprises me that I never became like a 22-year-old entrepreneur on Instagram like DMing people like you can't I can't can 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 what you're saying. Like it is shocking to me that it didn't end up as a cam girl with how comfortable I was just walking free. Yeah, I'm actually, we should all be grateful. I mean, can we both picture Lauren's naked body right now? Yes. Yes. I mean, you can't picture it as an adult, though. Yes. Yes. 100%. I 100%. Every, like, from tip to toe. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh It's not a bad sight in any way. 
Yeah, are you are you? A I'm little pleased. On? You know how they say that, like, as a baby, you put everything in your mouth, and so you can like visualize like the taste of everything you look at as an adult. Like, I can picture Lauren's naked body like in almost any situation because I saw it so much growing up. Like getting into the bath, going pee, sneaking yeah. across the kitchen to get a drink of water. Like, I can visualize every angle. Incredible. Wow, Lauren. You no need for an OnlyFans because we've got it. <laughs> I think if you got it, flaunt it, baby. Okay. So so some big things have happened the past in the past week. Courtney, I want you to speak to this particular event because you are I would say you're not in the fashion industry, but you're adjacent to it, which is super oh. fun and awesome for you. But J. Crew went out of business or filed for bankruptcy or foreclosed, whatever. I don't know. I'm not in the business world. Actually, I am, but who cares? I just want to know, like, as someone who really repped J. Crew hard in her heyday, you know, when you were courting, being courted by Wyatt Grow, uh-huh. you really like were sporting every trend, every every new season of J. Crew. You were, you know, dripping in. So, how does this make <laughs> you feel? Are you mourning this loss? Where are you at? Oh gosh, I okay. So I really was a connoisseur of the bubble necklace. I don't know if you guys remember the bubble necklace where it was like probably like 18 little circles and like ombre shades. The one that's coming to mind was like orange and like an orange sherbetty color. And I wore it, I think in my engagement pictures, I owned essentially every piece of J crew jewelry from like 2006 to 2009. I think I was, it, it was kind of a birth for me. You had a collection of statement necklaces that was unrivaled. Rival, yeah, exactly. I kind of feel like J. Crew just totally lost their way. I haven't really looked at anything J. Crew and thought I have to have that in a long time. I think that their offshoot, Alex Mill, is way more interesting these days. Shout and out, Kelsey. When J. Crew had Jenna Lyons as their creative director, it was truly like the height of ready to wear fashion like ready to wear who is she going to the mall and like having a few hundred dollars to spend at j crew it was like how will i choose what piece i can buy like which i had a cardigan that had like chiffon (gasps) petals on it i love that cardigan yeah i would scour ebay for pieces what neon color of a pencil skirt are you gonna nap today absolutely like it had Every treasure you could ever want was at J. Crew, and once Jenna Lyons left, it was over. And always forty percent off. Yeah. Always. Or an additional forty percent off sale. Lauren, <sighs> J. Crew had a particular collection with Fallon that I love. Fallon's a jewelry company, and I actually still wear some of those pieces. Remember those chain, the earrings with like the the rhinestones and like the spikes. Yeah. I. Those are still J. Crew. <laughs> Yeah, those were J. Crew, really? like a J. Crew Fallon collaboration. But I have two fun, fun little stories. I would say twenty seconds or less about J. Crew, because I can hear Chandler sigh whenever I say I have a story. Like, oh, don't make it too <laughs> long-winded. Okay, first story: I was in line at a coffee shop. I was wearing a J. Crew coat of a certain like fuchsia hue, and oh, yeah. the barista said, "Oh, what kind of coat is that?" And I, in that moment, felt like I was on the red carpet and someone was asking me, like, who are you wearing? And I was like, oh, it's by J. Crew. He was like, no, I meant, like, what material? Is it, like, wool or, like, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a wool coat. It made me feel really stupid. 
J. Crew came really in handy during your professor phase of dressing, Lauren. Yes. Well, it was actually my pro- my professor phase actually was up a little bit post my J. Crew heyday. My J. Crew heyday was when I was started the fashion blog in two thousand seven. Oh yeah, I forgot I copied and- you with my fashion Instagram account. I was the first one trying to get in on the influencer action. And if I had kept at it, our entire family would be supported by that empire. I have no <laughs> doubt. But, you know. Your willingness to show some skin. Yeah, exactly. I remember I there was one time when I started my first fashion blog and I was pretty shameless as I tend to be throughout my life, but I was pretty shameless in my fashion blogging. And I wanted a cute picture of myself in my Jaker coat by a train track. I mean, what could be more just unique <laughs> and special? So I drove to San Juan. I went and got a latte and then I walked onto the train tracks and I gave my little point and shoot camera because iPhones were not good enough at that time to take pictures with. I gave my point and shoot camera to a sweet elderly couple and I said, will you take my photo? They probably thought I was like a traveling tourist, like touring maybe the mission of San Juan and just wanted like a sweet photo. And I went and I sat on a bench near the train track and they like lift the, the sweet man lifted the camera to his eyes and I when I knew he was about to press the shutter, I threw my head back and started laughing. Like I was having the <laughs> best time of my life. <laughs> like I was so happy and everything was so amazing. And I just remember this startled look on their faces because they clearly were just not privy to um, the fashion blog zeitgeist of imagery and just didn't have that visual vocabulary that this was a normal thing to do. Oh, I went nothing came home and created that account. What's it called? Influencers well, in the Wild. That you were the inspiration for Influencers in the Wild. Oh, I was the OG Influencer in the Wild. Just everything cringe. Just a pair of pumps in the wildflowers. Remember Chandler? To, Chandler was the photographer on that scene. Yep. Oh, that was classic. That's classic, I mean, Lauren. Classic. I would have done anything to hang out with you, like in that time of life. And if it meant you I know, had to be your reluctant turned. <laughs> not true no, she it just doesn't want me to go on for longer than 12 seconds <laughs> like let's wrap it up no honestly lauren you you really rocked a j crew coat like nobody else and totally. I, I dare say i think that you know your look during that time you i think you maybe had the most j crew look of all of us i think you pulled it off the mm-hmm. best sorry the Kurt. freckles Ooh, the pretty hair. Mm-hmm. no it was never it was never my perfect wardrobe um what's funny and i hips, the pencil skirt looked better on you true well okay i do have to i do have to ask you this corny because this is a more philosophical fashion question i feel like it's interesting to look back at pictures and like fashion moments because when you're in the moment like remember that purple free paintable tank top that had kind of a tent like silhouette that we wore until it was threadbare like and when it was threadbare i got it and loved it and probably i think wore it till it was like you know, a dish rag. I think um, I donated it like a year ago. I'm just going to be totally honest. Okay. Now, if I look at that tank top, I think the color is so jarring and I don't, there's nothing, there's nothing cute about it to me, really. My question to you, Corny, is like, what, when you're, when you're in the moment, it feels super cute. And then you look back and it's cringy. Like, how do we prevent that for the future? Like, how do we dress now so we're not embarrassing ourselves later? Lauren, I don't think it's worth preventing. I don't think it's something you should try to prevent. I think that the worst thing you can be in terms of like this vapid arena of fashion is boring. Like gotcha. if you're going to err on the side of 
taste. I hope it's bad taste instead of no taste. Really? So it's just like making a statement, making a splash, having fun. Who cares? I don't even think you have to make a statement or make a splash. I just think if you're not having fun with it, then you're, you're missing the point. Like, I don't care what someone wears as long as it looks like that's what they wanted to wear and they like are enjoying themselves. Like short of like seeing up someone's skirt because their outfit is too short or like ill-fitting I don't think you can make mistakes I think if you love what you're wearing you're just and you're having a good time that's all that matters I mean I'm crying this is so positive and beautiful (laughs) but let's just start getting honest for a second I've got a way different take really sorry I don't want to I feel like I keep interrupting 12 seconds or less well all (laughs) I'm going to say is that when I was wearing the big statement headbands that had the paper flowers on the side I loved that look now, looking back, I wish I didn't love that look because Wait, I did not look good. I made? Yes. They're the ones that you either made or took me to like some like broke ass market to buy. Sorry, mom. Do you like, wish you were wearing, not, you weren't wearing it? Like, I don't, yes. I, I, you just look back on it and it's like, that's how you know when it was. Like, I don't wish mom didn't have inch long red nails in her picture where she like, right after she gave birth to me, like look. they're all just like little home, like trademarks from a moment that I think like paint our lives I hope I can one day get the same rose-colored glasses you've got on because I certainly do not see it that way it's mortifying and it's embarrassing I kind of like I I like adopting Courtney's philosophy because it definitely makes me feel less cringed out when I think of literally any moment in my fashion history which have been bad like I've had bad moments like do we want to speak at all to some true genuine fashion faux pas and I think this I think we should all speak to each other's yeah. Everyone can, no no need to pile on, but, you know, if, some, if one comes to mind, feel free to shout it out. Well, I'll start. You guys can, you guys can pick on me first. I think that when Chandler was wearing a lot of, like, PE type shorts, like, around the clock, that made me kind of uncomfortable. In the dead of winter. In the dead, In of, the winter. dead of winter. What? How old was I? Because I'm, I'm honestly having trouble you, like, living with me in college. Yeah, I'm, I was like, I was wearing a lot of shorts. Here's what I'm going to say. I loved the look of my butt in PE, PE shorts. I did in middle school and I did in my early wow. 20s. And honestly, I'll probably never stop loving that. So sorry you guys don't have that same badonkadonk. Well, I hope my kids love it too because they saw a lot of it. <laughs> Sexy nanny. Sexy PE short nanny. Yeah. It was just kind of like, you'd be like, hey, are you ready to go to the store? And she's like, yeah, I'm ready. And you're just like, okay, she's ready. We're going. <laughs> Both of you are welcome. Okay. Let's hear. Let's hear mine. Let's just let's get it over with. There's so many because I was so embarrassing. I mean, I think it's going to be the long strand of pearls worn to San Clemente High School. (laughs) (laughs) Like the very like patent pumps. There was. Do you guys remember how we would go shopping at that store that had the community dressing room, and we learned a lot about bodies? Lomans. 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 Oh my gosh. A lot of patent pubs from Lomans. And I feel like Lauren was, she was almost like business casual in high school. Yes. Lauren was always dressed pretty formal. And like she would dress. So I would, here's what would happen. Lauren would pick me up from middle school. I would be wearing, so I did actually wear PE shorts during the week, not just when I was in PE. I would think kind of plan my outfits around, okay, I'll just wear my PE shorts after PE because I had it like second period. Um, So Lauren would pick me up. I'd be wearing PE shorts probably some high tops and then um, like a panic of the disco graphic tee. And Lauren um, on the flip side would be dressed in tights, pumps, 
and uh, navel length pearls. Oh my gosh. Wow. I think I just took the Gossip Girl style to heart. I really Definitely. did. I was very influenced by Blair Waldorf. I and consider myself a future attorney. So why not just dress for court right now? Sophomore year of high school. <laughs> and you know what, Maureen? <laughs> the funny thing is I won best dressed in eighth grade and you won best dressed in high school. So I did win best dressed in high school. Um, well, I do have one fashion moment of Courtney's that I want to bring up because she has great things I bought. But where there were some questionable things she bought, I would have, I would say, in high school. Can I speak to this, Courtney? Oh, take the floor. Okay. There was a certain time when Courtney's favorite thing to wear was a um, – and the second I say the first word, you're going to know exactly what I'm about to say – was a $3 or maybe pack of three, $3 each, Fruit of the Loom wife beater mm-hmm. over – a $70 statement bra from Victoria's Secret. So you could see the cute bra through the wife beater and a pair of seven jeans. I'm not seeing the problem. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> I'm not seeing the I problem. Mean, she was a walking just, Carl's Jr. ad. It was, I mean, I thought it was so hot at the time. I remember you coming home with your lingerie. Like in high school, you would be getting, you'd be spending probably $400 a month on lingerie and then using your wife beater to allow yourself to basically wear lingerie in public. I mean, look, look at which one of us is married. Courtney, um, (laughs) those tricks work, baby. uh, Quick question about this particular look and its origins, was your Victoria's Secret credit card the downfall of your credit or was it something else? Because I seem to remember our mother crying about how Hello. much money you'd spent on a, Victor- a Victoria's Secret credit card. Can you speak to this, Maddie? Oh, well, I mean, you could ask some of my former college roommates that those statements would show up and I would just stuff them under the bed. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. My limit, my limit was like $250. So it wasn't like truly like debt, but yeah, I got into a little bit of trouble with my $250 credit limit to Victoria's Secret. I was never prepared to pay that. I'll be honest. When I took that out, my next, <laughs> I will never be able to actually pay this. And I proceeded to spend everything. But here's the thing. you can make your credit limit work better when you're like returning stuff. So, you know, it all worked out. Look at me now. I hear, look at you now, baby. Here's what I told Ryan. I've always spent the same percentage of my income on clothes. It's always been close to everything. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. The amount has increased. So has my spending. But like I told Ryan, I'm like, it's still the same percentage, you know? Don't sweat it. He can't. Why is he trying to change who you are? That's my question. It, it's I really hate it when people do that. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Don't marry someone and then expect them to change. Just expect it to get worse. Just honestly, that's the truest marriage advice you can give to anyone. Just expect it to get worse. And that's why I started my Instagram account. I mean, you guys know this. It's like truly my passion. Like I've spent really my is. whole entire life like like browsing for things that like make me light up. And so it's been truly fun to share that. You really are um you really are the tastemaker of our family and of a lot of people that I know, and you are ahead of a lot of trends. You really do have like a very keen eye for t- for style, great taste consistently, and it is like an abiding passion, and you have the least amount of fashion faux pas as the rest of us. I, I love having someone who can basically just tell me exactly what's going to look the best. Like It's like a stylist built into your life. People pay for that stuff. Thanks, Lauren. I'm actually really glad we have this most abiding compliment you've ever paid me recorded for 
the rest of our lives. I'm going to read for posterity. For posterity. First and last, baby. The first and last. All right. That wraps up our part one of our interview with Courtney Grow, our beloved older sister, um, also known as at Great Things I Bought. Next week, we will dive a little deeper, talk more about fashion, more about celeb gossip, and just continue the conversation with our beloved older sis. But before we fully sign off, what do you say, Chan, we get into some reviews? Yes. But before we even get into the reviews, we can't forget to thank our investor, Oh, yes. We were recently approached by uh, an angel investor. Some would even call him maybe a cherub investor. This donor, he prefers to you know stay in the shadows. He's not one for the spotlight, but we will just thank him for his incredibly generous donation to the pod and keeping it going. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Lewis England. You're keeping cultural commentary alive with your patronage and we humbly thank you. We really do. You know, usually he only supports things like PBS, Masterpiece Classics, but he decided to diversify his patronage with Pop Apologists. So thank you, Mr. England. Absolutely. And just a quick 30 seconds of thirst, people. We just want to say... Thank you so much to all of you who wrote reviews. Writing a review on iTunes is the one thing that can get this podcast up in the charts and get it visible on iTunes to people. It's the only thing that matters to the iTunes algorithm. So writing a review makes a huge difference and it's just incredible when people do it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we got an astounding five new reviews this week. Chandler, were you aware? I was aware. I did check and it made my week. Nothing has made me happier in the last six months than these five reviews. Yes. I mean, (laughs) even the birth of our twin niece and nephews, it really doesn't even compare to getting these new reviews. So thank you so much. Chen, should we read them off? Let's read them off. Do you want to start? And then I'll go second. Yeah. Little popcorn read. Okay. So the first is by Kay Dunnigan Williams. Making me feel hip is the title. I stumbled on one episode and then binge the rest as kids played and I zoned out. I feel seen. Seen is in all caps with these ladies. Lauren, our entrepreneurial spirits are akin and I want to be your best friend. Um, Kay Dunnigan, I want to be your best friend. I don't have enough friends, seriously, so let's do it. I'm in. Um, she says, thank you for sharing my opinions and making me laugh and feel young and hip. I'm also 30, so I must just live old. I hear you, sister. I feel you. Thank you so much for the shout out. Williams. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So moving on to BrookieW85, Witty and Wonderful. Pop Apologist is my new fave weekly podcast. These sisters bring the weekly dose of pop culture with reality TV breakdowns, but also give hilariously witty takes on world events. We've seamlessly together to create some serious, glorious entertainment content. Wow, that's very nice. Knowing that every week I have something new to live for and look forward to is bringing me a light in this crazy world we are living in. Keep it up. Love this whole family. Bledsoe's greater than the Kardashians. Okay, I have a hunch. I think this is our beloved Brooke Goodsell. That's her maiden name. We love her. And the fact that she said Bledsoe's greater than the Kardashians. Wow. I think that's the highest compliment our family has ever been paid. It's better than us getting to church on time. It's better than all of us graduating from college, which isn't true. (laughs) It's the highest compliment. Yes. Uh, Brooke, love you. Thank you for supporting the pod. Thank you for even listening. Um, Truly an honor. And honestly, I would say that if we even live up to 10% of this beautiful review, I will consider this a success. So thanks, girl. Say hi to Tess for me. All right. The next review is listen to this now exclamation point. I love a command. 
It's by Bimmers87. Who could that be? Oh, wait. That I know I for a fact. That is our dear friend, Andrew. Yes. yes. Andrew says, the wit, the banter, and the hot takes on all things reality TV are excellent. Imagine a simpler time when you get to hang out with your best friends. This is that, exclamation point. Oh, I miss him. Andrew is one of our BFFs for life. We are on a constant text thread with him. He's like a brother. And I wouldn't even consider him a friend of the pod. I would consider him like a limb of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. We love you. Uh, We love you. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Next up, it's all happening. Almost famous. Love it. Already. Uh, From Caprice Renee, our dear, dear friend Caprice, who Lauren brought into my life and I just love so much. She said, this podcast is good as gold, baby. It's my weekly dose of pop culture slash reality TV realness. They're smart, funny, and polished to perfection. So put on your Lisa Rinna duster and get cozy. You're in for a real treat. (laughs) I mean, could this girl be any more perfect? No, we need to have Caprice on the pod. We really do. We need to to all be in Lisa Rinna dusters and just chatting with Caprice. That's my dream. I love chatting with Caprice. Nothing is better. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. You're the best. Love you. And then our last review, um, shockingly, is by uh, someone I I don't know. Do you know this person, Chan? Mads Bruggy? I don't think so. No. That's honestly a relief to me because I consider every review by a stranger is like a, is a miracle from the cosmos in my mind. So – not that our reviews from friends aren't fantastic. They're amazing. But it's just crazy to think that there could be someone we don't actually know in person um, listening to this pod. So thank you, Mads Bruggy. She says, well, well, well. That's the title, which is just phenomenal. Love that that's catching on, Chan. Have I got a podcast for you? Exclamation point. I love these girls and the humor they bring to a pretty humorless time. They're hilarious, witty, and smart, and their podcast is seriously something I look forward to each week. I will definitely be hooked on the pop apologist long after quarantine is over, and I'll just be here trying to figure out how to be friends with them in the meantime. Love you guys. I mean, I would say Mads Bruggy, DM us. Let's go out. When restaurants are open, let's just get dinner. That's how we're going to be friends, baby. I'm into it. Thank you, Mads Bruggy. Yeah. I consider friendship with us an open invitation so just let us know when you want to hang out. <laughs> I always think that you can never get enough friends because every new friend is just someone who could potentially drive you to the airport at one point in your life. So I'm, yeah, accepting all types of applications for friends. Okay, well, Mads Brogy, I guess Chandler is very transactional. I would like to get to know you as a person and try to add to your life. Um, so there you have it. Hopefully you're in the Orange County area to drive me to the airport. Oh my gosh. And with that said, I think that wraps up the episode. We will see you all next week. Love you. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at popapologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like 
What happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.